Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. How is everyone doing today? Yay! Fantastic. I was up all night changing diapers, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, breastfeeding my child. That's right. This is 2022, and a man can now breastfeed his own son. That's the way it is. Trust the science, folks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a special guest, Wide Awake Jim, as we call him here at the Dustin Gold Standard. You know him from the Thomas Paine podcast, Hot Wires. He's in and around over there at Payne.tv slash gold talking to people. And he was right here on episode 80 for our four-hour discussion on the climate change hustle. So Jim is joining us today to do part two of that series. We're going to expand a bit on what we discussed last time. As you know, we're moving forward and eventually getting into the Bank for International Settlements, the International Monetary Fund. We're going to get into CBDC, 
universal basic income, how these guys, these technocrats, these worldwide prison planet wardens are going to move us into this government, international banking, carbon credit, CBDC system. So Jim has been breaking all this down for us. He's been researching this for quite a while because of the investment vehicle he's in, which is royal and gas uh, oil and gas royalties, which he's discussed a bit on Thomas Paine podcast. He's going to get into more of that over there and here as well. Uh, some of you I know are interested in that, so you can reach out to Jim at Payne.tv slash gold. If you join, uh, just send me a direct message and I'll give you a link to Jim's profile on there. He just doesn't use his last name on the public side of the show because there's a lot of crazies out there, folks. People don't want to get harassed. So you can get a hold of him at Twitter over at Wide Awake or again at Payne tv slash gold so jim welcome back to the show i know you're on the road so if your line breaks up we'll try to uh fix that and edit it out so how are you today sir doing great glad uh you're wide awake <laughs> after having a little one so congratulations i am wide awake you know it, people warn me about this uh you know the whole time oh my god you're gonna be up changing diapers it's this your life is over you're never gonna sleep i said yeah that might have been scary if i had my kid in my 20s uh but i waited till i was 41 so i've been through college i've had uh careers throughout my uh various uh, jobs throughout my career that required me to not sleep for three four days so it's actually not that bad to be honest you you're prepared it's good I am prepared. So you're on the road, um, but you're able to see the uh, presentation that you sent over, correct? Correct. All right. I know I'm you've not been driving, folks. This. I'm parked. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don't call the police on him. <laughs> All the Karens and the Kens out there, they're sitting there. Jim is giving a presentation while he's driving down the highway. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm parked. I will say, you know, there, there is a railroad track nearby. So if you hear trains uh, going by, just just wait a minute. Well, that could be the train to Auschwitz, Jim. <laughs> hey. They're gonna they're gonna stop and pick you up. Yep, I'm not getting so, on the train. So before we jump into this, I mean, I don't really do uh, breaking news because I like these shows to remain evergreen so people can listen to them at any point. And uh, if you haven't listened to episode 80, folks, again, I just stress, you need to go listen to that because Jim basically takes uh, 100 hours in research and what it would take you if you wanted to get into this climate change hustle stuff and go listen to Catherine Austin Fitz, uh, John Titus, and others who have been speaking about this for years, and Jim packs it all down into four hours. So it's worth it. Um, if you join pain.tv slash gold, you get access to the ad-free video version where we have all the charts and graphs up in the video, and then also the Young Bucks over at Thomas Payne Podcast that manage the pain.tv platform. They went and they put all the charts and graphs in for us and all the pdfs so you guys can download those if you want them i know some of you get really into these topics and you want to go do your own research so jim was kind enough to put all that together for you and the guys over there uh put it all up on the website so i just wanted to ask you though what, what's your feeling on uh, trump announcing his candidacy because it's funny there was all these running bets in the 
pain uh, pain world between Maria Albanese and Mike and me and other guests uh, that he's had on. Um, I always told Maria Trump is getting back in the race. She always told me, no, he's not. I always said, well, he needs to come back and finish selling the uh, technocracy to the base, to the people that identify on the right. And he's probably going to come in and start selling. This is my opinion. He's probably going to come in and start selling CBDC and UBI. So I would imagine at some point, Trump is going to say, you know, Joe Biden is unpatriotic, horrible person, craps in his pants, terrible guy, horrible guy, and he doesn't love you, but I will give you $1,200 a month. It'll be great. Carbon credit CBDC is patriotic. Joe Biden, not patriotic, folks, not patriotic. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Believe me. Believe me. So what do you think uh, is going to happen here? Well, I have to give a caveat. I was talking to a friend of mine last night about 8 o'clock, and he said, uh, what do you think Trump's going to announce tonight? And I said, what are you talking about? I didn't even know he was making an announcement. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how much I pay attention to these politicians because I know who actually runs the show, and it's not the politicians. Um, I agree with you. I, you know, look, I don't care who sits in the white house. I want to see what legislation is being passed. Where are they moving towards CBDC and technocracy and carbon credits? You know, this whole FTX debacle that to me, if you go and listen to Jerome Powell's comments, the head of the fed, he has flat out said that. In order to have the Federal Reserve run the U.S. version of CBDC, they need congressional approval, which means they need laws passed. Okay, well, what is collapsing and having fraud to do with crypto? Well, then they got, you know, the the politicians have to come out and say, we need to regulate this. Um, So, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on that for sure. Uh, I'm leery of Trump like you. Like, you know, he was the one that sold us the, uh, the safe and effective. (laughs) <laughs> shot in the arm in, in a Walmart parking lot. Um, so what's he going to sell us next? It's a beautiful vaccine. Beautiful vaccine. So great. I got 42 of them. 42, folks. I'm going for 43. Great vaccine. Great people. Johnson & Johnson. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. They did it. They did it because I told them to. Wouldn't have happened without me. I said, get the vaccine. Roll it out. Operation Warp Speed. Military. Fantastic people. We're going to jab it into your arm. You're going to love it, folks. It's so patriotic. I wore the mask. I hate the mask. The mask is stupid wonderful mass fantastic mass mask up it's patriotic to do it folks it's your patriotic duty you don't love america if you don't take the jab beautiful jab mrna everybody loves m's r's n's and a's fantastic letters so incredible so incredible Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> sell this next? I know. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I have a funny feeling, and I've been covering here on the show, you know, Peter Thiel and this uh, ideological philosopher behind this new right movement, which is really just the old left rebranded as the yeah. new right. And they want this yeah. techno fascist king, and they wanted Trump to run as the techno fascist king, basically to sell the idea that the country is collapsing. Uh, Congress doesn't work. The courts don't work. State governments don't work. Local governments don't work. Cops don't work. Concentrate all power under the central government and let it all be in 
charge of a monarch and then people can vote on their iphone for every decision the monarch makes i mean if i start to see elements of that coming out of trump while he's campaigning uh, it's going to be very telling um my, yep. my feeling is i know personally a lot of older folks through uh, my father his friends people he lives in a community with that went and they got the jab because trump told them it was okay they wouldn't have if it was hillary or if it was joe biden but because trump told them it was okay they went and got it so again this is what i fear is that if we start to see him come out and try to sell like climate change light and then start moving people into the idea of ubi and he'll tie it back to remember the stimulus checks i gave you the stimulus checks i saved all of you with the uh personal uh, business loans and the and the stimulus checks i will do it now we'll guarantee it guarantee it folks and so he can talk about social security and how they're going to save that and if we start to see him push ubi uh universal basic income and cbdc central bank digital currency then you'll know exactly uh what his purpose is and who he works for yep and i was um watching and listening well not watching but reading and listening um the comments coming out of cop 27 last week and mm -hmm. even uh mike mike moore over at pain.tv he he his day one of the days i can't remember what day he, he had a bunch of john Kerry quotes and articles and stuff and very interestingly all of the talking points bullet points on these on these conversations they're having over there and these speeches and presentations they're doing Every one of the major talking points I read in a January 2020 Bank of International Settlements document. Wow, that's pretty, I mean, and, and Jim, that's just like how we hear uh, at the beginning of COVID land, the high school theater production, we'd hear all the bumper sticker slogans like Great Reset and Build Back Better, uh, Fourth Industrial Revolution, all these things that were developed three, four, five years earlier coming out of the World Economic Forum, coming out of the United Nations, you know, and then Joe Biden runs on Build Back Better, which was really just this whole UN marketing campaign that was put together years yep. earlier. And so now you're seeing it come to fruition when John Kerry was in the biden transition team and he was like the climate czar he had went over to the world economic forum in a panel discussion and they said is biden going to be on board with the great reset and he said not only is he going to be on board with it he is going to accelerate it <laughs> so it was like <laughs> there you go i mean the way i really look at it um and we're going to get into your stuff in a second but the way i see it and i've explained it to the audience is that Trump, the last year of Trump was really, that was the great reset, kicking off COVID land, the high school theater production. Now we are in the fourth industrial revolution, which is moving us from the third industrial era to the fourth industrial era. And so they're rolling out all the new technologies. They're putting the infrastructure in place. The good part about this and eventually we're going to get into this with shows with you uh, because you've been going deep into all the UN documents and all these different organizations and NGOs and think tanks that are working on this stuff. They don't have, it's not like all the infrastructure is in place worldwide with quantum computer servers and all the satellite connections as of today where they just push a button and the next thing you know, the government says, download your government's crypto wallet or you will be broke tomorrow like that system is not fully in place yet they're doing like little beta tests and stuff like that in different countries yep. but the whole idea 
is that this will be an international, we call it, you know, a carbon credit CBDC system, similar to what the technocracy was talking about back in 1933 with the energy certificates. So it has to be international. But we even hear, uh, and I think through some people that research this stuff all the time, that there's like a power struggle going on between who's going to run it, who's going to be in charge. Will it be China? Will it be Russia? Will it be the United States? Is it going to be the United Nations? Somebody wants to be the one who says, yeah, well, we're going to set the value of this currency uh who's going to actually be in charge of it so that's the upside to this that there are power struggles within the uh overall collective of madmen this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real pos you need shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. But, and I hear that from people too, like it's Russia and China versus the U.S. and the U.S. is trying to reserve, you know, keep the reserve currency. There is not going to be a reserve currency. That's going to be CBDC. Whether Russia has the biggest seat at the table, China or the U.S., doesn't matter. It's still CBDC run by the BIS, period. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you 100%. It's just like we're saying, is like you said, who has the bigger seat at the table? And, and for people to understand, just on a, on a micro level, it's similar to the Republicans and Democrats in this country. At the end of the day, we know they're all in the same team. The country continuously right. moves in the same direction. It's just whoever has power, whoever is the WWE champion for that moment, they get additional commissions and royalty checks, right? So if you you sit there and you're in charge of the Senate as the Republican, you get a little bit extra cash to pad your own wallet. So whoever has the biggest seat makes a little bit more money, has a little bit more control, a little bit more power. That's really all that that's about. Right. But for, for us, it's the same slavery system. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's already decided. <laughs> right. All right, so I'm going to pull up your um, outline here so we can start and just kind of explain what we're going to go over um, in the show today. So originally, just for the folks that that listened to episode 80, originally we were going to do next, we were going to go over what the IMF does, what the BIS does, what the World Bank does, and how they work together. But I came across some documents last week that were so eye-opening, I felt like we needed to pivot. And so what we're going to go over, we're going to do a quick review from episode 80 for those that didn't listen or haven't listened to fully. Um, And then we're going to go into these documents that I found last week. And it's, it's what they're, what's actually happening, what they're really doing. So um, just for a quick review, this might be a graph. I think we didn't go over, but it's from Exxon again. Um, It's showing you that, uh, yeah, here it is. This is, again, from their December 2021 uh, annual outlook on energy globally. So this chart is, it's kind of confusing at first, but I just, I'll break it down for you. Um, so you've got three sections in the bar graph. One's transportation, one's in residential commercial, and one's industrial. And then in each section, you have three separate bars in the graph. The first one's for 2021, the second one's for 2030, that's an important date that we all know of, and the third one's for 2050, another important date. 
And then they break it down by type of energy. So oil, nat gas, coal, nuclear, biomass, hydro, wind, solar. So in the transportation category, the three bars, of course, oil being green, green if, you're, if you're viewing this, um, is the largest share of transportation fuel energy. And so you've got 2021 um, on the graph, it's at about 100. In 2030, it goes up. It looks like maybe to like 115 to 120. And then 2050, it's back down to 100. But I thought we were all supposed to be on electric vehicles by 2050. Right, so exactly. So for, so for the audio, yeah. Yeah, so for right, the audio, so, only audience, it's, it's pretty amazing because... So he's talking, again, just to clarify, he's got, he's looking at transportation. And so you have right. the three bars, 2021, 2030, 2050. And when you go between 2021 and 2050, the um, uh, use flat. of oil does not, yeah, does not change. It's the same amount. And so then at right. the top of these bars, uh, when you go up to about 100, and then at the top of these bars, you have sometimes less than 10 uh, so one-tenth, really, of, like, the whole bar will be a mixture of, like, biofuels and some other stuff. It's almost nothing. It's, like, minuscule. It's minuscule, yep. And then you go over to industrial, and you've got a, I don't know, it's about a third, a third, and a third mixture between oil, nat gas, and coal for 2021, which is the first bar in that category. The second bar at 2030 is a little higher for oil, natural gas, and coal. And 2050 is even higher. But I thought even, we were yeah. supposed to be all wind and solar by then. Yeah, it's even higher, and it still remains roughly a third, a third, and a third all the way across right. the three years. Right. So in other words, they're all, it, they're all talk. You know, this, They're clearly not expecting much to change. And then let, let me just ask you, Jim. So on residential commercial, um, you have oil basically at the same level like at maybe 10 or 15 yeah all the way yep. across all three years 21 30 and 50 um so what uh just for the audience the red part of the bar is what natural gas that gas okay that gas it's okay, about so you have the same. gas coal um and then purple is uh what um the, uh, electricity electricity right Okay, so home heating Which oil is very going to be wind and solar. So home heating heating oil currently is really only uh, like ten percent of um, total fuel consumption for residential commercial, anyway. Right. Okay, right. and then it remains this. It remains it's a flat line basically all the way through going up to twenty fifty. So we're not reducing yeah. the amount of uh, oil used. <laughs> no. No. In any no, category, it, all three categories, it's the same. Fossil fuel use is the same or a little higher in 2050. Yeah, and to be honest, the only thing they really show growing uh, when you get to 2050 is the uh, electricity usage. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, and then on, so on the right, they kind of segregated that out, electricity generation, and they show oil was little to begin with. It drops a little bit. Nat gas is growing. Coal is shrinking, um, which you would expect. You know, nat gas is a cleaner burning fuel than coal. Um, and they've got, of course, wind and solar growing. But the growth of wind and solar, assuming that that comes to fruition in 2050, 
still is not bigger than natural gas individually. And it might be just a smidge bigger than coal. But yet you listen to the politicians and everybody and John Kerry and all these uh, UN people and WEF people, they're all saying by 2050, we're going to be 100% wind and solar for electricity. Yeah, which we already proved in episode 80 using their own graphs and charts and PDFs and white papers and research documents is not possible. I mean, uh, Jim proved not, that not in close. episode 80. Yeah, not even close to possible. Right, and, th and this isn't stuff, just in case you guys haven't listened to episode 80, this is not research that Jim pulled from, say, like, InfoWars. Like, this is Alex Jones, this is impossible, there's no way they're going to be able to do it. No way these potbelly goblins aren't going to be able to pull it off. No, it didn't come from there, it didn't come from some alternative group of engineers, it came directly from their own documents. It's just hidden in thousands upon thousands of pages. Like they bury it deep inside these documents and then you find yep. it uh, literally that uh, Finland report you had. It was like, yeah, this is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you go to their website and it's all about energy transition. Okay, sure. All right. Now, let me just ask you this on this chart. So you said this comes from Exxon on this particular. Yep. Is this uh, for United States or is this worldwide? Worldwide. This is worldwide. Okay. It says so, it right in the title. Global energy supplies vary oh, by there, Yeah. Oh, I, I should have looked up at it. So it's global energy supplies. So this is worldwide. And then, as you said, I just want to clarify with the audience, because I had asked Jim on a call, prep call yesterday. I said, did this come from a document that goes out to uh, in potential investors, people like that? He said, no, this is just um, like an annual report they put out each year on energy consumption. But it's not like Exxon uh, and or big oil is in competition with the green energy sector, the climate scam. They're on board. Like they have seats at World Economic Forum and uh, other organizations like that, right? So they're all in on this, right. this hustle Well, together. remember, um, I think it's called Fire Engine 1. There was a big, like, brouhaha when uh, the, the Exxon's board had a shakeup a few years ago. BlackRock was able to force a few board members out and these other people that don't have energy, any energy experience, I think their company is called Fire Engine 1. They're all about ESG and climate change and energy transition. They're now on Exxon's board. Yeah, and, and, and let me just bring this up, too, because Jim and I have talked about this. We might have mentioned it in episode 80. We're obviously going to get into this in future um, parts of this series. But one of the things we talked about is at the end of this, like when the scam is up, it's not like these guys are going to come out and say um, – uh, like, okay, we admit defeat, we didn't have enough uh, material, we didn't have enough acreage to put all these solar panels out or these windmills, we didn't have enough materials to build them, we didn't have enough lithium to create all these batteries. What we think is going to end up happening is they're going to come out at a certain point and they're going to say, you failed, you, you didn't use enough wind energy, you didn't use enough hydro, you didn't buy an electric car, and they're going to blame it on you, but that's going to be the excuse 
use for them to usher in some sort of UBI, CBDC, you know, carbon, carbon credit, credit system yep. to say that yep. this is the only way to save the planet. Meanwhile, people like Exxon and Big Oil and everybody aren't going to complain because at the end of the day, they're still going to be making their money. That's how they stay on board with the scam. Precisely. And then along the way, all the people that come out of the, you know, fake green energy market, you know, the climate hustle that we talked about, all these people talking about from the top to the bottom, you know, to the little guy, to your neighbor that might install solar panels as a contractor for Tesla, they're all on board with it because in their mind, it puts food on their table. They might not even understand it's a scam. They just know they make $100,000 a year installing Tesla solar panels. And so they go along with it, but they believe in it because they're vested in it now. It's part of the culture. Just like I've been saying, technocracy really isn't this political system that they had to bring in and and um, you know shoot a politician in Times Square and then put the flag down and declare the technocracy won? They've embedded it through social engineering. They made it part of the culture, and that's why the climate hustle is part of it. That's how COVID land became part of the culture. And these guys move forward, whether people like us, uh, me and you, or the audience figure it out. They go, we don't care. We just keep running it on TV and we pretend it's real. And what are people going to do about it? That's what social engineering is. And they claim technocracy is social engineering. Yep. The science of social engineering and uh, right. the science of total control. And that, and that's, and basically they prove it time and time again. But the point of this stuff guys is not, as I always say, it's not to black pill you. So you're depressed and you want to go put a gun in your mouth under your bed. It's so you can see the scam. You understand what's coming. You understand how this started, where we are in the present and where we're going in the future. And then you can make arrangements in your personal life or make investments, you know, get involved with something like, you know, Jim has done, you figure out the scam and you go, okay, this is a safe investment. It's a lot safer than gambling on uh, Wall Street. Uh, because we have all the facts and the statistics, and then you can start to figure out that the climate change stuff is a total scam. In the next episode I record, you won't be here. I'll, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I learned from that engineer on the uh, EV car batteries that I told you about on that phone call last <laughs> night. Yeah. I mean, the guys, this was like inside knowledge from an engineer who has a uh, company. They build uh, testing equipment under government contracts and for the so-called private sector, but they're all private Organic sector companies. Yeah, and, and this guy found out something at a trade show, and he has no idea what I do. He doesn't know about the show. He was just talking to me. It was related to a website uh, contract I might have, and he was telling me all about it. So last night I was talking to Jim, and I said, you got to hear this one. This is amazing. So it opens. I think this stuff opens your eyes. It'll let you make better choices, and if I were you, I would stay the hell away from the EV cars, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for more reasons than one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to, this is going to be interesting the, the stuff we're going to go through today is going to, people are going to see that not only is oil and getting that gas not going anywhere, but the amount of money they're, they're pouring into it is massive. It's massive. So oh, let's yeah, go to the next charter when you, yeah when you see this stuff you're going to be blown away jim showed it to me last night and i was like are you serious because once you see these mega companies these multi-billion dollar international conglomerates spending 
uh, trillions of dollars to build yep. these uh, import export um, uh, gas, oil and gas um, terminals. Like you guys, it, it, these guys don't invest that amount of money unless they have 10, 20, 30, 40 year guarantees that they're going to make a return on these investments. So, I mean, wait until you see what Jim found because this stuff is it's mind blowing. It is. And once you know the grift, you know, when you read this stuff, you literally spit your coffee out because you just start laughing. <laughs> so anyway, so this is a graph we went over in episode 80. It's the number of average power plants um, to deliver a thousand terawatts per year of electricity. And it's got it broken out by types of power plants. So it starts at nuclear on the bottom at 78 power plants to deliver a thousand terawatts per year of energy, electricity. And Solar PV arrays is like 30,266. Well, I, so I dug up, I, I stumbled across, uh, just took me five minutes on a Google search. I, I found that in 2019, the world electricity use was 22,848 terawatts. And this chart's saying we need 30,266 so, solar PV arrays just to deliver 1,000 terawatts. So if you multiply 30,266 by 22.848, essentially, folks, we need 700,000 solar arrays to meet the entire world electricity demand in 2019, assuming it's all solar. 